0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the 17th episode of Innovation Through Insights. Thank you for listening in. Today, we are joined by Iron Glass, who has landed high-ticket clients as a freelance web designer and graphic designer. And we talk about the journey of freelancing and how you can grow your online business. Just before we get into the episode, I have one simple request. If you could drop a follow, whether you are on Apple Music or Spotify... It would be very much appreciated. And anyway, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Enjoy, my friends. Let's go. Hi, Ran. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, hi,
1: Karen. i uh, very happy to be on your podcast.
0: Yeah, it's going it's going to be a great conversation. I'm excited to talk about your freelance journey because I know how long it's, you know, you've been in the game for a while. You've been learning a lot and recently for the people that I don't know you've had some huge success landing a new client. Congrats, by the way.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that was amazing. I uh, I wasn't uh, I, I wasn't able to imagine that uh, it's true because I was going towards uh, that moment for two years and a half, I guess maybe even more, and yeah, that's crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so how did that journey start? How did you, you know, start in freelancing? And also, people that don't know, what do you do? Um, with, like you know, on as a freelancer.
1: Uh, so now I am doing web design and uh, graphic design for. Uh, solopreneurs Uh, But when I started uh, Firstly, I think I was thinking about being more of a developer like a front-end developer or even a full stack developer Uh, but uh, uh, There was a lot of confusion uh, at that time uh, because actually I just didn't know what I do and uh, so How how did I start my journey? Uh, I was working in an office as a content uh, creator. Actually, I was writing uh, educational content for uh, Princeton Education uh, for their chemistry curriculum. And uh, that job was awful and I hated it. And I was out of energy. And um, one day, uh, without any uh, notifications or stuff like that, they just uh, fired me. <laughs> um, oh so, uh, yeah. wow! Wow! <laughs> uh, j- just uh, like on May thirty uh, first, I was doing my job, and on June the first, I got a message from my boss that I'm fired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And at the time, I realized that, uh, oh, well, I have space and some money to try to do what I wanted to do. Because I had a, an idea about freelancing in the background for quite a while. And uh, I just started learning HTML and CSS and uh, sign up on uh, freelancing platforms. Oh, there was a Russian one at first. And uh, there I got my very, very first client in about a week of uh, just messaging everyone and trying to get uh, any kind of gig, just to prove myself that I can uh, do something and make some cash to live. Yeah, that, that was crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you start you just straight up did you know anything about like web dev or like designing websites in general before when you had the job
1: oh yeah uh, actually i just knew some some very very basic html just like uh, paragraph tags and uh hiding tags and uh, tables because i used to uh form some html structures on the gta educational platform but uh, i never did any web development before and uh, what what helped me i guess is that uh, i used to code in college and at school uh, because uh, all my education was about math and science and stuff like that so yeah i just was able to jump right in and uh, do my best to survive (laughs)
0: Wow, that's impressive. It's, it's impressive. So you you went. You've kind of gone from web development to kind of more web design now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So is that? Was that just a preference? You were just tired of kind of the development side, and also you know you've got the no code platforms like Webflow, WordPress, and many others. Did you just see the advantage there? It made more sense to move to you know no codes.
1: Actually, uh, for quite a long time, I didn't know what web design and web development is all about. I mean, uh, I got some skills in coding and uh, even in in web design, but I had no idea how people actually make money with that on huge projects. Like, uh, what do I need to build uh, stuff from start to finish and... uh, how to land uh, high-ticket clients. I only uh, realized how to do it after reading Denko's uh, High-Ticket Essentials and uh, that book actually changed uh, how I approach my freelancing journey. But for quite a while, I was just freelancing as a front-end developer and I used to do web design as well and uh i was doing it for one year so uh, during that time i had a lot of opportunities to learn uh, web design and um, uh, just when i realized that no code uh, uh platforms like wordpress or webflow can give me an opportunity to build websites fast for clients and uh, Uh, get paid for that, I just uh, switch to them. Uh, Of course, I've heard a lot about them uh, from web development community, uh, but uh, you know, uh, I would say that there's a lot of hate around WordPress and PHP, uh, and uh, people say that WordPress developers are not developers, and like, just talking shit while WordPress devs just keep making money, and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I s- so what, what you are saying is the what people who develop on WordPress, are not just you know, sh- straight from you know, scratch. A kind of yeah. they're getting a kind of accused of not being real developers.
1: Oh yeah, and uh, for quite a long, you know. I was thinking that uh, to develop a client's website, I need to code the theme from scratch and I need to know all the WordPress APIs and stuff. And uh, uh, that made me really frustrated about WordPress uh, at first because uh, I didn't see any point to use it because, uh, you know, if you develop a theme from from the beginning, like, uh, all the code you write for it not without using Elementor and uh, configuring plugins and stuff like that, it would take, like, months, probably to develop a full-featured website. Yeah, and uh, when I didn't know that I can use something like Elementor, uh, I was just thinking that uh, it's useless, actually, <laughs> and that uh, WordPress developers are working in agencies and develop plugins and uh, get paid just like normal workers uh, in offices but, but just uh, working from home and this wasn't uh, a thing for me so yeah uh, I would say that the problem was that I was taking the wrong direction and I as I was doing everything on my own I didn't by courses. Actually, the Danko's course was the first one I bought uh, in the first one year and a half. So yeah, I I was using only free resources. And uh, when you use free resources, you need to figure out everything on your own and learn to separate bad advices from good advices. And that was tough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I also felt that as well, because... You know, you try to learn all the free, like YouTube, for example. But mm-hmm. the problem with YouTube is you receive so much different information. A lot of the time it can be wrong as well because anyone can upload it. Um, but with courses, you're getting all the information compact into one kind of file where you can go back to learn mm-hmm. learn from mm-hmm. someone who actually knows what they're talking about, like Dan Co. And, it's, and it kind of speeds up your journey a lot. I guess that's how you felt. You know, you took Danko's course and it sped up your journey a lot.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, not only YouTube videos, but also, like, medium articles are crap often uh, because uh, it's a free publishing platform as well. Uh, and, and it's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, 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 that's that's the problem. You got to kind of, you got to be really selective with what you pick. Like you can, I think YouTube and Medium is great for snippets of information. Uh, If you have a, if you run into a problem, which almost everyone will in their kind of freelance journey, doesn't matter what you're doing. Actually, you know you're going to run into a problem, and if you can, just find a small like small detail you need to fix. It's great for that, but to actually get started starting on YouTube is really hard because you have no idea where to start. So you kind of just got to watch hundreds and hundreds of videos and figure it out along the way. And it does take longer. Um, And also I I have another question. So I know a lot of people listening to this will have no idea like, Oh, what's the difference between web dev and web design for people who have not know nothing about, you know, websites. And can you define the two and explain how they're different?
1: Actually, you know, um, I think if uh, if any dev would listen your podcast, uh, he would say that I'm talking shit because uh, nobody knows what's the difference. To be honest, <laughs> uh, just uh, there's a lot of um, like point of views uh, in this regard. So, uh, some people say that web developer is a uh, guy who actually uses frameworks like front end framework, back end framework, and uh, build uh, web apps. And um, uh, sometimes uh, uh, they can even build hybrid apps, which is like for mobile and um, for, for, mobile, for web. Um, something like progressive web app. I mean, stuff like that. Um, but sometimes people say that web developer is just a guy who make websites. And uh, in this regard, I would say that, uh, web designer and web developer is almost the same person. But um, you can be a web designer without knowing how to code because you can use platforms like Webflow or Wordpress. But to call yourself a web developer, you definitely need to know HTML, CSS, JavaScript, maybe another back-end language. But uh, it's not a mandatory now, because JavaScript can be used for back-end. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just like how you frame it. So. Uh, I could frame myself as a web developer and approach clients saying that oh hi I'm a web developer and I can build a website for you but I think when you talk to clients uh, who can um, like buy a website from you or uh, even like website plus some upsells Uh, You better to position yourself as a web designer because web designers have more responsibility about layout, conversions, and stuff like that. I don't think web developers should know much about it. And uh, most of times, they develop um, pretty unusable websites because they don't know web design and uh, how human psychology works and uh, psychology and uh, they don't know about user experience but a web designer usually knows about it and knows how to make things work uh, in regards of user so yeah Uh, yeah a a, a bit uh, long uh, (laughs) answer and I'm not sure if it's Still clear for anyone who listen to me, uh, but this is just my opinion on how I see it.
0: <laughs> no, no, I definitely got that. Um, it, it makes sense that you know, because a lot—I mean, a lot of web developers we working on code, coding, right? And they may not lose the design. Like, a lot of them websites is psychology. You know, you have to have the layout, the the color, like, like color psychologies, everything that makes a website appealing for someone to actually go on and stay on. You know, you can write all these these great lines of code, which is important, but if you don't have the design feature, you're just not going to attract anyone to your website, right? Yeah,
1: and and, you know, one more problem, I would say, um, with web developers who don't know web design is that uh, they are overcomplicating everything when it comes to visual language. Like, you know, uh, most of working websites like landing pages of uh, twitter creators they are very simple like the header call to action and uh, a story and uh, testimonials and uh, another button right just it's very it's very simple uh most of times and even full featured websites they can still be very simple uh and simplicity makes it usable, but uh, web developers like to do some crazy animations and uh, crazy layouts uh, that became uh, that became become unusable at all. And I saw a lot of developers' websites, like their portfolio websites, uh, where like to see to see the projects of the person, you need to click like eight buttons go deep inside the menu and uh, watch all the animations uh, but actually what like employer want to do is to see projects uh, and if a person is a good fit and I I think um, uh, that's what difference differentiates uh, web developer from web designer because web designer know that a good web designer wouldn't uh, take important information far away from the user
0: because you don't know how to outreach but you did it for i mean you've been doing it for two years you said and you've just landed a higher ticket client so you stay consistent how would you mind telling people how you managed to get that client what method you used to um land them like what platform uh,
1: actually uh, this client um came from Twitter Um, a guy from MMHQ uh, reached me out said that he knows uh, a company who needs a website redesign and he gave me their email and um, I started the conversation with them but I would say it's uh, if so, th- this client actually was inbound and uh, inbound in a sense, I would say. Uh, like I didn't call outreach them from the start. Uh, so, uh, a good point here is that uh, at least 50% of what you can get is just by having a network of people. And uh, this is where most of uh, designers and developers fail. They learn skill and they don't talk to people about it. And nobody knows. They they possess that skill, even if they're the best at it, uh, as long as nobody knows it, uh, it's useless, I, I would say. And... Uh, this is another problem I see with freelancing platforms like Upwork because um, there you can't network. Uh, you only exist within the platform. And uh, as long as uh, all you have is that platform, uh, you will have problems getting inbound clients because you can, you can get blocked. And this is what, what's happened to me uh, about, like, let me think. Uh, pu- pu- pu. I think about a year ago or maybe maybe a bit more uh, I will block for no reason at all just because uh, they uh, don't care about their freelancers as much as they care about their clients uh, so yeah uh, what can really help is your network and uh, I'm grateful for participating in all the communities and everything i can get from people uh, from these communities for example now i am on my first podcast in my life and that's because i know you and uh, that's fascinating you know
0: <laughs> mm, yeah it's it's the power of building a brand i see it as especially on twitter because twitter is more you know You build more personal connections with people on the platform and then you have communities where you can talk to people, make people aware of what you do. I mean, your whole brand is web design, right? So people know you as the web designer. As you grow your brand, people are going to come to you because they see, they know that you're the web designer, you're the person to go to. And that's also powerful about building a brand. You just get, it'll get to a point where you'll get clients without even, trying because people will come to you like inbound. and oh, that's yeah. such a powerful that's such a powerful concept and like you said I think so many people miss out on that because you know they're going on Upwork and where well, you can't really build a platform you can't really build an audience very easily um, like Twitter anyone can start a Twitter account anyone can you know talk about what they know what they do and it's it's really powerful and I remember I remember when I first spoke to you on kind of, you weren't really on kind of money. I mean, there's almost different sides of Twitter, and you, I think you were more on the like web development side, and you kind of came over to money Twitter. And has that helped you a lot with you know learning outreach, learning how to build connections with people, learning you know, I mean, landing a client in uh, MMHQ, M- which is amazing actually that that you landed them from that community, which is, yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, actually why I uh, decided to switch uh, to my Twitter? I mean, I still uh, sometimes uh, communicate to people on tech Twitter because some of the some of the big accounts are great and I love their content. Uh, but the thing is that... Uh, I listened to Dan's and AOP's podcast. Uh, it was quite long, but uh, AOP said that uh, when when uh, something is easy for you and uh, when stuff just goes naturally, it means yeah that you are doing something right, and uh, it really made made me think that. Uh, my growth on Tech Twitter just stopped because I wasn't uh, coding much. Uh, I was focused on web design and client outreach. And I just realized, like, holy shit, well, why do I do stuff that uh, is not emotionally rewarding for me? And I decided to, like, spread my connections, spread the give myself um, an ability to connect with more people and That's what actually made made it and uh, uh, I would say that I'll continue to grow in multiple directions on Twitter uh, because uh, uh, I can say that sometimes I'm not 100% uh vibe with tech twitter's approach because of a lot of talks about getting a job and this is not what's interested what's interesting for me so yeah and um, uh, you, uh your question was uh about the overall process of getting that client right
0: yeah how you managed to i guess it was kind of the outreach kind of method because that's so huge in showing the client you know their pain points and that you have what they need right how did you approach that
1: oh uh so actually what they needed was a website redesign uh because they built their website uh in like 2000 and maybe 12 13 i don't remember. It, it was it was pretty old uh, and um, what I did is two things first of all I uh, spent about maybe a week uh, figuring out uh, sales scripts and sales calls once again because uh, I had a co- uh, I had several sales calls before And I knew I'm doing something wrong because uh, it didn't work, and it's it was really it 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 was just terrible, I would say. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. and uh, (laughs) uh, I went through a couple of scripts uh, then calls especially, and I read uh, a, a book called Conversion Code. Uh, which uh, teaches how to craft your own uh, Sales script and what I did is that I took that script I t- took that book and uh, I was just writing it from scratch for that specific client. I just I was a research researching the client. I was uh, researching their uh, Website what, what what's wrong? How I can improve it? Uh, I was uh, uh, I, I was trying to get as much information as I could from their LinkedIn account. Uh, I was trying to figure out their pain points. Uh, and, yeah, uh, and especially because I knew that uh, they tried to work with other developers that did a pretty uh, bad job, so they just fired them. Um uh, I was uh, paying a lot of attention to convince them. I would say that uh, I'm doing the work differently. And uh, uh, I was just trying to understand the mindset of a client who just had a bad experience with a team of developers. And I was trying to find uh, the right angle uh to say that um, like i won't screw them up they can trust me uh like uh why the situation will be different uh, how uh our work process uh, will uh happen because uh, what happened with the previous guys is that Uh, they just disappeared for a couple of months uh, not doing any work and then uh, give them a shitty website and uh, I've spent my time to uh, actually lay lay out the process uh, that uh, we will be taking and uh, I was explaining them in quite a detailed way so that they see every step of uh, website development and uh, they so that they can be sure that uh, the situation is different
0: awesome that's yeah that's yeah. such an important process um the sales call and i think a lot of it boils down to confidence right you gotta be confident in your pricing confident in your service and they'll and they'll no- notice if you're confident they'll know if you are from just from your voice, they'll know if you're confident and they'll just, they're way more likely to take your service if they can hear confidence in your voice. I guess, um, that's what you improved along the way, uh, sales calls, conf- uh, confidence because you're never going to get it first time. You have to actually go on sales calls and fail. And then you learn from what you failed at and your sales, and then you can lead a sales call much, much, much better, like than the following calls.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, the only problem with sales calls, I think, is that when you learn it on your own by trials and errors, uh, sometimes it's quite hard to find uh, what actually went wrong. Because, you know, uh, you got only one chance uh, to try with one client, and then you need to outreach more clients and talk, uh, j- just try again and if you fail and fail uh sometimes you just cannot understand what's actually wrong and that's that's trick with sales calls i think
0: <laughs> right and what i found with sales calls is you actually don't want to make it a sales call you want to um you kind of want to just show that you want to you're providing this value in exchange for money and you want to help them and you know you can help them and i think if you prove that to a point where they understand it because i mean Quite a lot of the time, it's going to be hard for them to understand it because they might know not know anything about web design, SEO, whatever you're offering. They're going to be, you know, it's going to it's not going to make sense to them. So you need to picture their future clearly with what you're offering them, and it's very likely you've landed the the clients. I, I see it as. Oh
1: yeah, and uh, you you know you, you said that. Uh... That, that's true, that whatever you're pitching, uh, clients should understand uh, what's going on, actually. Yeah, and um, uh, this is another problem that a lot of, uh, I think that it's another mistake that people make. They just talk on features like, oh, I will develop a professional WordPress website uh, with... Uh, Elementor and uh, it will have that feature and this feature. And I think that doesn't make sense for a client at all. And uh, I've been there. I've been uh, in the beginning of my freelancing journey a long time ago. I was saying about like technologies I use and uh, like languages I code with. And oh my God, what a shame. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: Honestly, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's you have to you have to sell the benefit of what of your service because I mean, as well as that, clients don't actually care what what you use, what what stack you use, how you do it, when you do it. Like you know, they they just want you to deliver a good result, kind of as quick as possible, and you they they even want to make more money or save more time most of the time. So it's as simple as that. If you can provide that value for businesses you're going to have no uh, problem landing there, but sales calls are huge. Like being able to sell on a call, once you master that, you can, you're, you're set because you can sell your service to, I mean, there's so many people out there. What, what What's your niche? Do you have a specific niche you target? Niche you target? Um,
1: actually, uh, that client wasn't from the niche I'm targeting. Um, that was a B to B, uh Tech company, software engineering company, but my current niche is uh, freelance, uh, like Twitter creators and uh, freelancers and coaches. I decided to go over that route, and uh, just because I think uh, make uh, work in a Twitter environment is pretty cool and uh. I'll try to stick to that niche for about maybe 6 to 10 months and see what I can do with it. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Mm. I think that's um, such a good niche to go down as well, the, the Twitter kind of sphere because there's so many coaches, freelancers out there who need your service. I mean, Twitter's a great, again, a great networking tool, a great way to find people as well. I mean, you're the power of the DMs, right? You can and then pitch your well maybe not straight away pitch your service but just build a connection first and then then way more likely to work with you and it, it's so powerful that way and i guess so you've been doing this for quite a long time this freelance journey what were the biggest what was the biggest struggle you faced and how did you overcome it
1: yeah it, it's it's quite hard to pick one i would say <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say that uh, as a web developer and web designer, my biggest—I I mean, as a freelance web developer and web designer—my uh, my biggest mistake was that uh, I had no idea what the fuck offer is.
0: <laughs> offer,
1: yeah,
0: right. So. I guess it comes down to learning. You learn the skill, but you had no idea how to offer it to clients. You were like, well, what's, what does that mean? How do I compile everything I know into an offer that actually makes people, you know, get, makes people like want it, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's everything from like picking a niche to actually nailing uh, the offer down to a very specific, problem just like everything everything relates relating to offer and uh, the first and maybe the hardest thing is actually picking the right niche because um there's a lot of uh confusing information about what niche you can actually pursue and um, i saw lots of advices like oh well Uh, try local businesses, try restaurants, try, I don't know, uh, fitness trainers in your area, uh, stuff like that. And uh, I tried lots of uh, niches before I eventually uh, settled down. And I would say that even before... I realized what the actual niche is I was struggling to understand um, like what's the niche for what's the difference between a niche for a web developer and was and a niche for uh, web design services and websites because uh, there are two types of developers I would say the ones who say that their niche is front-end development or they're stuck and others say that their niche is like specific tribe they serve as I don't know, as coaches let's say, yes Mm. and for quite a long time I was thinking that my niche is front-end development and uh, it uh, took me a year of freelancing in an agency I was actually like a full almost full-time freelancer uh, for agency is like when they have multiple projects to maintain to build and uh, I'm not uh, sitting in the office uh, or anything like that but uh, I am working with them uh, almost full-time and I was built by our uh, and I was thinking that this is my niche and it was terrible because it took it it took a lot of time to realize that I am wasting my potential I'm wasting my money and I'm wasting my time because I wasn't able to grow when I was working in that agency Uh, because uh, uh, first of all, when you when you have an early billing, you can't raise your prices at all. Uh, you can just increase it by increase it by like ten percent once in a while, but and chances are you won't get anything at all for that. And yeah, I just I, I was confused by the information around uh, all that what's what's the niches and what does it mean to serve uh, a specific tribe i would say
0: and i guess you're also stuck in that kind of you know getting paid by the hour which you know you i'm guessing right now you want to be paid on the value you deliver not hourly because you know if you get stuck in that kind of loophole you can never really scale that much, um, right? You got, You want to. You want to be work. You want to be working the value you deliver. So you you deliver a great project. Clients pay you, but not hourly because that's hard to scale. Which I think many people get stuck in. I mean, most people get stuck in.
1: Oh yeah, and um, actually, uh, I I think uh, hourly billing is. Very harmful for projects because you don't have any motivation to finish it faster and you're not motivated to uh, use the right tools use uh, your time uh, wisely uh, because like what's the point you are working as an employee Uh, and this is like kind of mental thing I would say not only, uh, I mean, like uh, the scalability problem, but the motivational—it's uh, demotivating as well. And uh, I think clients, um, like uh, I would say, it's not completely fair to charge by hour because a professional can do work in less time and get. Paid less than a newbie who can do it for much more time and get paid more, and that's the problem.
0: Yeah, that's that's true, and it's not. It, then you just kind of become in a way a, a kind of slave to you know just working. It, it's basically a nine to five. Um, not that there's anything wrong with nine to five, but it becomes just you know you're you, you're not hitting that you know freelance girl the working for yourself goal that most freelancers want to do and yeah that's not the that's not the way to go at all and like you said it's harmful that's harmful to your your growth you're going to lose interest in the project and i think many objections people have to landing you know working with clients is well what the client doesn't need me and the thing is, there are clients out there that need your service. They might not realize it, and you may need to amplify it to them. But there are clients out there who need your service. There's no doubt about it. So, a huge part of the outreach, which we've spoken about, is being able to amplify their problems and provide your service. And if you can do that in a in a less salesy way, in a more you know I want to help you way, you're going to succeed. I think that's one of the key elements because that's the thing many there's many great you know web web developers web designers seo people um copywriters everything there's many great entrepreneurs out there but they can't sell and and that's almost everything you've got to be able to sell you can be you know you could be an amazing web, web designer but if you can't sell to a client or anyone because your sales tactics suck then you're, you, like you said, you've got that skill for almost nothing. You can't use it on, on any clients. So it that's such a huge part of being able to succeed in like the freelance agency, whatever you may be doing space. And I think that's what you've learned in the last few months, right? You've been really doubling down on learning these sales skills, outreach skills. And I mean, that's because has got you that huge, big client, that high-ticket client.
1: yeah exactly and uh, uh, actually this is uh, like I I would say is uh, this is what freelancer most of freelancers does wrong Uh, those who are just getting started is that uh, they think these sales skills are something unrelated to what uh, they should learn and the they hope that the hard skill is the only thing that will uh set them apart which is just not true
0: yeah i mean and you've set the bar as well i think because you know you're from russia english you know you're you're learning english and you've got you've just landed a high ticket client and uh, people say oh if i'm from you know a third world country it's impossible well I think a lot of money. Twitter has shown that it is not impossible. You can. It doesn't matter who you are, as long as you can have basic English skills and you can, you know, sell and have a good skill. Then anyone can make money online. And I think you've like set the bar there a lot.
1: Oh yeah, and uh, I I would say that um, it's it's really a uh, a tough objection to overcome Because for quite a while I was thinking that as long as I'm from Russia. I can't land international clients because uh, Because like why would they hire me? I can't write Copy on their website who needs a a website without copy. I I know it's it's pretty dumb (laughs) because uh, clients provide the copy for their website uh, but yeah that was kind of my objection i wasn't able to realize that uh, it's not important and um, uh, i wish more people can understand that and work with uh, whoever they want
0: mm. yeah it's anyone anyone can do it, as we said anyone if you have like you said, the English skills. Anyone can learn. I mean, we've seen so many people on Money Twitter. One I can think of Jake Molina, there's a dozen other people as well who, you know, started at a disadvantage, many would say, but you know, took it upon themselves to learn these skills, high-quality skills, and now again, clients and work for themselves. And that's powerful. And it's and how have you found? I mean, you're you joined Money Twitter, I guess, really you joined. A few months ago, you kind of jumped on and started meeting people there. And has that been a huge driving factor in your sales and, you know, being able to communicate and outreach? Because that's a lot of what money Twitter is, you know, amplifying your skilled clients and learning learning skills as well, which you already had. But, you know, you um, how has that helped you in, you know, landing clients? Uh, you,
1: you mean... Your question is about whether Money Twitter influenced uh, my, like, learning journey.
0: It was always actually, has Money Twitter kind of influenced a different direction in your journey? You know, you talk about, you took Danko's course, that helps you with your sales scripts. Has How has Money Twitter, you know, kind of changed your freelance journey and landing clients and you know being successful landing high paying clients as well because there's so much free game on money twitter to to take and actually you know land clients with
1: oh yeah Uh, i think uh, uh, money twitter made me realize that all doors are open and i can just do whatever fuck i want and nobody Can say me nothing about that i can't outreach to that guy or i can't work with these guys stuff like that and what what i do like about money twitter is that it's uh, a very um i would say motivating community uh in general uh because uh every day you visit my twitter you see oh make money make money raise your prices uh do something learn a skill and uh, it's much better than uh being stuck in environment where people are talking about their losses and um, how desperate and miserable they are so i would say that uh, my twitter Made my uh, everyday life more positive in general because uh, in the end of the day, uh, you your your inner voice uh, starts to talk about what's around you, and uh, if you I I mean like if you surround yourself with negativity, uh, you will become much more negative inside. And uh, if you surround yourself with empowered people, with the community who want to grow, uh, it's uh, it it will also affect your life, your uh, how you think about yourself, how you think about your life. And I would say that uh, yeah, money Twitter had a great positive influence on me.
0: That's awesome. And also, you know, a lot of it is certain people, right? Like Danco, people who have kind of been where they are, where you want to be, where you aspire to be. So you've learned so much from their content. And obviously you've taken it, you've steamrolled with it because you've just landed a high ticket climb, which is awesome. When I, when I heard that news, I that was so encouraging. I think for so many people it was encouraging. Cause, you know, anyone can do it. Anyone can learn starts to the point where you are now anyone can do it
1: oh yeah and uh, what makes me sad sometimes when I see um, tech Twitter is that uh, people don't know uh, what they can uh, whether they can do it and then they don't get enough um, enough pointers enough Motivation to keep pushing because I would say a uh, tech Twitter is less uh, uh, Less wild <laughs> something like that. They are they're they just calmer people um, and uh, uh, They're very positive. They are very open uh, like uh, They're they, they a great community In general and i appreciate that they're very uh helpful they like to help each other but sometimes when it comes to business side of things they uh underestimate themselves and undersell themselves and this is what i uh can't survive there
0: Mm, yeah that's 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 having that kind of transition to you know, money. We call it money Twitter, but it's just it's people won't understand it. But it is the content you consume is completely different, has a bigger impact on your overall skills long term. And I guess the question for you now is, you know, where do you want to be in next year? Where do, what, what's your long term goal with all this? Uh,
1: you mean with my online agency or with life in general?
0: Your mainly your agency, like where do you want that business to go? What's your plans long term? Um,
1: actually, uh, now I'm thinking about uh building uh, uh it into like a social media branding agency and work with uh, bigger brands who are getting out of. Twitter to other platforms uh, and uh, help them uh, with their product launches and uh, uh, stuff like that. Uh, but it, it will still be around web design and graphic design, I guess. But I want to scale it into branding uh, because this is what's Exc- what's really exciting for me, I would say.
0: Mm. Like we said, the building a personal brand is the future. So, anyone who isn't doing that should do that. And yeah. finally, yeah. Irene, where can people find you and what do you have to plug?
1: Oh, okay. So, my handle is uh, web Will Wheeler. This is focused around uh, web design. Uh, for uh, services and products, uh, we are also doing um, like uh, social media branding. We're doing banners, profile pics, and also offering uh, post templates so that you can uh, make your timeline appearance consistent and uh make your uh like make people recognize you just at at a first glance
0: amazing thank you for coming on enjoy everyone and yeah i yeah iron thank you for coming on this is awesome and yeah see you next time guys
1: oh thank you